the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ was baptized as an example for us all. He went into the water. And before he entered his three and a half year ministry, Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River to demonstrate that we must all enter the waters of baptism to be saved as Christians. It is not an optional plan in the mind of God. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled Baptized into Christ. That's Baptized into Christ, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. We'll bring you the first portion of this message today, but due to our time constraints, we'll need to bring you the continuation tomorrow. But if you would like to listen to the entire message without interruption, at any time you can go to reachingyourheart.com and find it online, along with many other messages archived there available for you. Let's get underway. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Father God, we're just so grateful today that we can come to the water as we focus in the scriptures and what it means to be baptized. We're not in a hurry today. We want to get it right. We want to rejoice today and praise God for the good things that are happening in this place with the Holy Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, my son was trapped in a cave a few years ago in Tennessee when floodwaters filled the cave miles down inside the earth. And he had a team with him, and it was life-threatening. In fact, we didn't know about it until after the fact, but he very easily could have lost his life. Now, John Michael was and is an expert in cave exploration, but it took a team of very talented people to rescue him and those that were with him, or else he would have died that day. It happened to him not once, but twice. He was in a cave... He was found in that cave. The floodwaters came in, and he had to be rescued. And my son has rescued many others in similar situations. So when the news hit of the soccer team in Thailand that was trapped in that flooded cave with their leader, it brought back a lot of memories for this pastor and dad right here. We could have lost our son when the flood hit the cave in Tennessee. And so the same was true in Thailand. Now, my son is a member of an elite rescue corps in Hamilton County, Tennessee, that's called Cave Cliff. I was in Tennessee when the news broke of the challenge in Thailand, so I turned to John Michael, and John Michael turned to me. I said, son, what does it all mean? And he's an expert in how to pull those people out, and I asked him what he would do and to give me his advice. And then as we began to talk, it moved from what we would do to what we thought they would do, because we're not there. It's easy to talk about what they should do, and everybody's an expert except the people on the ground when a crisis is in place. And so as the challenge was surveyed, we realized it was huge. Twelve boys and their leader were trapped over a mile and a half inside the earth when the flood from the seasonal rain hit the cave. Rescuers brought in supplies and equipment to reach the boys and keep the cave from being overtaken by the water. 
About a third of the mile into the cave, rescuers established a base camp in what they call chamber number three. They set up shops so they could use it as a platform to go deeper into the cave. About a mile and a half into the earth, the cave narrowed down to a piece of cave where it was only five feet high and it started squeezing tighter. About three quarters of a mile into the cave network, the team found the right passage that led to the narrow, water-filled way that held the soccer team. The team of boys had been trapped there for 10 days. So the team of rescuers made their way through the cave and through the narrow passages a little further until they found the boys. And when they arrived, they discovered that the boys were very weak. The oxygen in the cave had diminished. The CO2 levels were increasing. So initially the team thought that they would drill a hole in the cave from the top of the mountain and bring some oxygen in. But as they began to survey the situation, they realized it was too difficult. Time was running out. The chances of hitting the cave was narrow. They set the idea aside. The rainy season had just begun, and so they built a dam to divert the water from the cave. It was a precarious fix that would not last long. With the clock ticking and time running out, the team scurried to set out to train the boys strap them with scuba tanks, put regulators in their mouths to teach them how to get in the water and scuba dive. And so these weakened boys were trying to learn to dive. Weakened and novice divers at that, the boys and their leader would be shepherded one by one by expert divers through the maze, through the water, underwater, through the cracks, sometimes only two feet high to get out of there. There were scores of divers from around the world who had marshaled their efforts to help save the boys from the flood. Air tanks were positioned at strategic points along the line. And so the whole world was watching. How can you get these guys, these young boys, out of this flooded cave? Each boy had to be led by hours by trained guides through the underwater maze till safety could be found. And when the project was complete, all the boys and their leader were saved. How many of you can say amen to that? I remember getting on my knees and praying. How many of you prayed for those kids? We prayed for them here. They were saved. But one person died in the flood to make it so. They came out of the water alive. The Navy diver Sunon Kuno died in the water to save them. That man is a hero because he went in. He gave his oxygen to those boys. He did not have enough to get out. He died in the flood. He died to save the wild boar soccer team from its certain death in the flood. So you see, their victory and their life cost him his life and his apparent defeat. And that's what the story of the flood at the cross is all about. That's what baptism is all about. When I saw this story unfolding on television, I could not help but think of Jesus. could not help but think of Jesus who went through the flood to save us from our sins. You know, this story speaks to me of the price that was paid. The prophet Daniel was very clear that when Jesus went to the cross, he was swept away by the flood. Daniel 9.26, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. That means Messiah dies. But not for himself. I mean, Christ didn't go to the cross for glory. Christ didn't go to the cross so he could look good. Christ went to the cross so he could die for you and me. Not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city precious Jewish people and the rejection of the more precious Messiah lost their right to exist as a nation at that time. And it says, 
that shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. The Hebrew literally says, and his end with the flood. He, the Messiah, dies in the flood. His end with the flood. Daniel 11.22 repeats this right there in that middle of the great vision, the king of the north, king of the south. Verse 22, the linguistic center. And overflowing forces will be flooded away before him, that is the king of the north, and shattered. And also the prince of the covenant. Jesus died in the flood. If we don't grasp it, we don't realize the significance of the cross. Jesus is the prince of the covenant. And he died for our sins in the flood that sin brings. In Psalm 69, 1 and 2, David knew that he was in trouble. He knew his enemies were after him. And so he cries out to God because the floodwaters are coming up. Look at verse 1, Psalm 69, save me, O God. Now notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say educate me. He doesn't say help me with my character. He says save me. You hear what I'm saying? The focus is on the one who can deliver. Save me because I can't fix me. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink deep in mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. When you have the flood in your life, dear heart, there is only one answer. It's for Jesus to save you. Christ was baptized as an example for us all. He went into the water. And before he entered his three and a half year ministry, Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River to demonstrate that we must all enter the waters of baptism to be saved as Christians. It is not an optional plan in the mind of God. Now when Christ was baptized, he made the hard decision right there at his baptism to die in the flood that the prophet Daniel talked about to save us from our sins. Heaven was watching. The universe was looking down. They saw their commander in human form come to the water, and they knew what it meant. They knew that he was making the decision to go to the cross right there at his baptism. And heaven had to speak at that moment. You see, at the creation of the world, God spoke. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the abyss of the waters of an uncreated world. And God was there to speak as the Father And the light of the world, we're told in John 8, is Jesus. And God saw the light as it pierced the darkness on the first day. And He said, the light is good. The light is good. The baptism of Jesus, God spoke again because a new creation is in play. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, was hovering over the waters of the Jordan like a creation. But this time it settled upon the head of Jesus. And there it rested. And God could not help but speak again like He did at the dawn of time. And God saw the decision of His precious Son, who is the light of the world. He saw it and He spoke and He said, The light is good again. This is My beloved Son with whom I am. Am well pleased. You know, we don't realize that baptism is huge in God's mind. It's greater than the creation of the world because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are there all over again. The prophet Daniel says in Daniel 9.27 that Jesus confirmed a covenant in His death. The word translated confirmed is the Hebrew word for prevail. It's the same word Moses uses when he says the waters prevailed over the earth in the flood. And so Daniel is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that Christ, when He confirms the covenant, prevails over the flood that takes His life. He defeats the waters of death and sin. And thus, the covenant prevails in His death. How is this possible? Because Christ's death in the flood brings life from 
the flood. How many of you are grateful this morning to be a Christian? I am grateful. I am delighted in what Jesus Christ has done for me personally. I mean, last time I checked, I'm a sinner in need of grace. How many sinners do we have here in need of God's grace? I mean, I'm not better than anybody else here, and I'm no better than anybody else out there. And I am grateful for the Son of God who gave Himself for me and died for my sins. So Christ's death stands in the place of what I deserve. I deserve death. He died for me. You know, some people are so wise and intelligent, they just can't bring themselves to say, Jesus died for my sins. That's a little too intelligent. Christ died for us because we need someone to die for us. But more than that, He was raised for us so that we could be accepted and have a new life. So what does baptism mean? Take your Bibles, turn to Romans 6. We're going to dwell here for just a little bit. Romans 6 verse 1, Paul is asking the question. The Lord is prompting it through the Holy Spirit. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Now what's the answer in verse 2? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Sin, friend, is an enemy, and we cannot overcome sin by simply trying hard. In fact, Paul will establish in Romans 7 that even the law can become an agent of sin if it is misused as a means for righteousness. And so we are sold into sin. We are born into sin. Our nature is sinful from toe to head, from the cradle to the grave. And the guilt of just one of those sins is all it takes to keep us out of heaven and destroy us in the end. And so the power of sin is the law, Paul says. And the law will not give one bit to save you. So if you mess up a little, the law says you go into the flood. So Paul is saying here that as Christians, we have died to sin. How is that possible and still survive? Look at verse 3. Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. So if you mess up a little, the law says you go into the flood. So Paul is saying here that as Christians we have died to sin. How is that possible and still survive? Look at verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized, now look at the text, baptized where? Into Christ Jesus. We're baptized into what? Into his death. You see, baptism is wrapped around our entry into Christ, our entry into his death, of our attachment to his death and person. Paul is saying that the believer is vitally connected to Jesus in his or her baptism. You cannot yank someone away from Christ who has been baptized into Christ. That person has to choose to leave Christ. But you cannot pull them away. The person that is saved enters into the death of Jesus Christ, which represents God's judgment, His righteous judgment on sin, because the law cannot be changed. So why is this necessary? Because God cannot and will not tolerate sin. So the sinner must die. That's what baptism is a recognition of. 
Christ died for our sins. Paul says this is the most important truth of the apostolic gospel. And more personally, Jesus died for me and for you. Jesus died for our sins. He died for me as if there was no other out there. God made him to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We deserve to die. The judgment of the law required it in us. The judgment of the law cannot be altered. And so Jesus pulled us aside from the judgment bar. He entered the flood in our place. And all the stuff that condemns us in our heads from Adam to the end was in his head and heart. And he sifted through all of it. And he took it through the flood. And when he was done, there was nothing left to condemn. The just requirement of the law had been met in him for the entire human race. Christ died for us. And there is no other who can do it. He died for us. And when we are baptized into Jesus, we enter into his death as our death for our sins. Let me just pause here. Key point. Friend, we recognize in baptism that the just requirement of the law was meted out in the flood that swept Jesus away. And so in Jesus, we die for our sins because Jesus died for us and judgment is over. That's what baptism means. He made it so clear. Look at Mark 16, 15 to 16. Jesus here tells us how important this is. And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to the whole creation. He who believes, what else does it say? And is baptized might be saved. Does it say that? It says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe, and it's implied, who is not baptized will be condemned. You see, baptism is hugely important to your expression of faith in Christ. We are saved because we identify by faith with Jesus in His death for our sins and because we accept Jesus as our Savior who died for our sins. And thus we are not condemned in the judgment day for our sins. Praise God. We are not condemned. In fact, if you are baptized into Christ, you are not condemned today You're not condemned the next day or any day of your life because you live in an acceptance mode with Christ. Yes, you may have issues. You may have a faulty character. You may have this challenge or that. Friend, you are glued to Christ by covenant. And thus Christ does not let go of you until He has finished the work He began in you and He'll never let go of you anyway. So Paul says we were baptized into Jesus in His death. Friend, if you believe in Jesus and you're baptized into Jesus, you will be saved by Jesus. The word saved in Greek is the same word for healed. It means the same thing. Baptism is important for people so they can be healed. We don't baptize people because they're perfect. We baptize people because they're sinners. Make sense? They're sinners. But they're called to be saints by baptism. And they need to be healed. They need the freedom from condemnation. So when a person is surrendered, it doesn't mean they're free from temptation, but when they have surrendered... And they've said, I give my heart to the Lord. I need the power of God in my life. They come to the cross and they've asked for the forgiveness of their sins. The resurrection life of Christ and baptism can change them and empower them to live a new life. And a holy life comes from a life that has been freed from condemnation and freed from condemnation by baptism. Romans 6.4, Paul says, We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see, we're glued to Christ. Christ dies, we die. Christ is raised from the dead, we're raised from the dead. 
Verse 5, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall... Now look at the Bible verse here. What does it say? We shall maybe... What? It doesn't say maybe. We shall what? Certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. That's good news. This is why you know the act of sharing our faith and bringing people to Christ and working for baptisms in the church is hugely important because God wants you to certainly be saved. There are two very clear results that come from being baptized in the Christ. First, we start a new life with Christ. Not the old one, but a new one. It is new because in Christ we're born again. We start over in Jesus Christ. We're little babies. Some people say, well, you know, that baptized believer, right after they were baptized, I saw them sin accidentally. Well, how many of you ever had a child in your life? Man, I tell you, my little boys, they'd mess up as they grew up. That doesn't mean they should. But you see, they weren't kicked out of the family. Baptism means you're in the family. It means you're in covenant relationship with God. It means Christ has committed himself to hang on to you. And we start over with acceptance instead of condemnation because of baptism. And so Jesus becomes the new Adam. And we are not condemned because of Jesus, the new Adam. Secondly, because we've been baptized into Christ, we will be raised from the dead at the end of time, just like Jesus was raised from the dead in time. So death has no power over a baptized Christian who clings to the cross and the resurrection of Christ as his or her right to the future. Death has no power over them. And many of us know that we've all problems in life. How many people have problems in life out there? A few of you have problems? No, only a few, okay. We also know we're tempted at times. Some of us are tempted, maybe not some of you. How many of you are tempted? Tempted? Yeah, I'm tempted. And sometimes we can fail. Have you ever failed? Have you ever faltered? You know, the people who act like they haven't are the ones who do the most. It's true. We all have. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't say have fallen, continue to fall short of the glory of God. We sin in the past, we can still mess up in the present is what it's saying. Therefore, they are justified as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are accepted because in a baptized state as Christians who love Jesus, we are not condemned, so we grow. That old self is part of our ongoing nature that wants to drag us down to death. Still there. You're baptized. Doesn't mean you aren't tempted. Still there. So what does God do with that old self that would keep us away from God? Look at Romans 6, verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with Him. You know, your carnal nature, your temptations are placed on the cross with Christ. Here's the reason. So that the sinful body might be destroyed. You know, God doesn't want us looking the way we look. You wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror. How many of you feel beautiful in the morning? Don't raise your hand, okay? And as you get older, you feel less beautiful, right? Amen. We have honesty on the front pew, okay? And baptism means we have freedom to overcome because our old self was crucified with him so that we will no longer be enslaved to a nature that we will have to the second coming. It will no longer have a right to rule our life. That's what baptism means. It means we recognize that we don't get arrogant and puffed up. We don't act like we're perfect. We don't act like we can't be tempted. That we can. But we realize that in Jesus we've been freed from condemnation, therefore we have a higher cause to live. We don't have to prove anything to the Lord to be accepted. We are, and thus our love response to Him should govern our overcoming. The Holy Spirit comes to us that way. We start out as babies. We grow up in the family of God because we are baptized into Christ. So baptism means freedom to live a new life without the condemnation of the old dragging you down. 
Now, I don't know about you. I can remember the bad things I did. You ever remember the bad things you did? A few of you? I don't like it. I don't like thinking about how I messed up badly. But you know what? I don't have to think that way. Because I entered the waters of baptism. I was baptized into Christ. God has washed that away. It is the devil's argument that has no legal basis in the judgment day to condemn me. Romans 8.1, Paul puts it plainly. There is therefore now. I like the word now. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And then he speaks in the past has set me free from the law of sin and death. For God has done, again, a past statement, God has done with the law. Now the law is good, but the law is weak in one way. He tells us what it is here. Weakened by the flesh. You see, you can't use the law in your flesh to get saved. So God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. Well, that will conclude the first portion of Baptized into Christ. Today's Reaching Your Heart. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com along with many other messages. They're available for you. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.